Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is July 6th, 2023. It is Thursday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Glam Craft. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is Courage is the most important of all virtues. Because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. Maya Angelou. So what are we drinking today? We are drinking Owen's Garden Gate, a lemon, lavender, butterfly, pea flower tea. And this week we are talking about lemongrass. So we talked about kind of just the basics of lemongrass on Monday, the health benefits on Tuesday, and today we're talking about the culinary. So this comes to us from bonappetit.com. So lemongrass comes in a few different forms, including dried and frozen, but as with most aromatics, the fresh stalks are the most uh, potent and versatile. Quote, I always prefer fresh lemongrass as the natural oils bring so much flavor and complexity to the dishes, says Gil Payomo, a Filipino fusion uh, restaurant chef. In South and Southeast Asian cooking, lemongrass commonly conspires with ingredients like garlic, ginger, cilantro, Thai basil, shallots, lime leaves, and coconut milk to create bold and complex flavors. To prepare lemongrass, Uh, You would simply start off by peeling the stiff outer leaves away from the stalk to reveal the slightly softer under layers. Slice the grass in two spots, about half an inch from the root and approximately three inches from the whitish whitish part. The pale lower section of lemongrass is the meatiest bit. So uh, that is what you would want to prepare. And then once minced or pounded, lemongrass can be added to marinades, grilled meats, um, curry pastes, sauces. It has a sweet citrusy flavor. Powdered lemongrass works too. Uh, Start with one teaspoon and kind of go from there. I will say that's like an important thing. I kind of wish there was just this chart for all spices and like anything ground or herbs that you use in cooking. And it just says what to start with because I've started using a few things in my food that maybe I'm just not super familiar with. And I don't know. I'm like, is a teaspoon a lot of this thing or a little of this thing? And sometimes you just don't know. So I like how they say just start with a teaspoon of the ground and go from there. Only the lower bulb of the lemongrass is edible, but every portion of the stock has a role to play in the kitchen. The fibrous upper uh, upper section of the stalk is full of lemony, gingery goodness. Yum. I have a friend who makes the best green Thai curry in the world. 
and it's the only thing she makes. And like when I say that, I'm not, it's not a dig. Like literally, her dad bought her a cookbook when she went to college, and she just learns like the one recipe, and it's amazing. So whenever um, I visit and she offers to cook, that's always what I ask for because oof, 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 there's nothing, nothing as good as that Thai green curry. Mm. All right, moving into some headlines. This comes to us from us for Oracle. Nope, usforacle.com. Oh, yeah, it's from USF. I used to live next to USF. Uh, Occult Research Society investigates USF global folklore. Ooh. So by investigating haunted locations, seals, and recording sites of ghosts on campus, President Nolan Nolan and Vice President Brenda Wynn observe many peculiar things while leading the Occult Research Society Club at USF. Nolan says he has always been intrigued and fascinated by the occult. He tested out this curiosity by occasionally playing with a Ouija board and visiting haunted historical uh, locations. He noticed a doll silhouette in the house's attic window that changed positions when he visited the room a second time. Despite witnessing paranormal occurrences, Nolan has no fear when investigating the occult, only interest. Quote, I think I love the idea of mystery in this world. I love thinking that there is something out there that can be discovered. I think that there's all the paranormal occult stuff out there and not a lot of people are paying attention to it. So I love the idea of being able to figure that out, he said. Daniel Mendoza founded the Occult Research Society in 2019 during his sophomore year at USF, where he was the club's president until Nolan uh, succeeded him. The art of folklore, oral storytelling, and the unification of people through supernatural research captivated Mendoza. He said he realized occult research was beneficial for his project in creative writing. So the idea of an occult research club at USF came into fruition. The mission of the club is to collect and ca- uh, categorize urban legends on a global scale, especially on campus. Mendoza said he understood that expanding the management team was beneficial for the organization of the Occult Research Society, initially appointing Nolan as the vice president and adding a treasurer position. As his graduation approached, Mendoza recognized the spark and creativity that Nolan and Wynn possessed and recommended them for roles of president and vice president. So that's really cool. So they investigate hauntings at their school and ones in the um, local area. I think that's really neat. I can tell you when I was going to school at UT, the University of Tampa, and um, my friends were going to USF, this definitely did not exist. We we lived next to the school. We definitely would have known. <laughs> That's so neat. And I was something he says here that I really, really liked, and I think we can actually expand upon in terms of like the human, the humanness of it all. Hang on, I want to see. Oh, here's he says. I think I love the idea of mystery in this world. I love thinking that there is something out there that can be discovered. And I think that is something we can kind of hang our hat on in terms of why humans study things, whether it be the occult or marine life or space. It's this wanting to explore something that is discoverable. And I think that's a really fascinating insight. Again, not just into the um, supernatural or the occult, but just, I think, how humans approach the world as a whole. But yeah, I thought that was super neat. And it's really cool because this club's only like four years old and um, 
it's just cool because I lived there. So that's really neat. All right, witches. Um, I am throwing this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Thursday, July 6th. The waning gibbous moon moves from the alien landscape of Aquarius to the wide eyes of Pisces today. Here, the moon conjuncts Saturn and opposes Venus and Mars. A conjunction to Saturn can make us feel hemmed in emotionally, and the opposition to Venus and Mars can put us at odds with the loved one. Sometimes, in a relationship, our feelings enter a funhouse mirror maze of sorts where things are not quite what they seem. We feel a slight from a partner, even if they never meant to hurt us. We feel bound by a friend, even if their intent was altruistic. It's always better to be open about your feelings rather than allowing these situations to bubble under the surface. Start by being kind to yourself. It's okay to have these feelings, just sort through them. Once you're clear on where you stand, approach your loved one with kindness. Assume good intent and try to work things out. Your daily moon mantra is, if you believe it'll work out, you see opportunities. If you believe it won't, you'll see obstacles. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. From the pages of Which Way Magazine comes a new collection of stories by longtime fiction contributor Olive Blake called Grow Your Own Optimist. Featuring a never-before-seen short story, Grow Your Own Optimist is often romantic, occasionally satirical, and always unexpected. These surprising tales of demons, devil's advocates, dystopia, and dating remind us that there is magic to be found in the dark places. Olive Blake is a New York Times best-selling author of The Atlas Six and several other books, including the Which Way anthology, The Answer You Are Looking For Is Yes, and the novella La Petite Mort. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Goblin Prince Toddler, and Rescue Pitbull. Find the new anthology series, Grow Your Own Optimist, by Olive Blake, wherever books are sold. All right, so we just have some feedback from listener Ashley Brown, not related. Um, Ashley says, I absolutely love today's All Things Faye episode. I've never worked with a Fae myself, but I've always enjoyed learning about their lore. Listening to Morgan talk about them was so eye-opening as to how they differ culture to culture and to my own preconceived notions. It was so interesting to listen to, and I'm definitely going to start following Morgan for more info. Thank you, Tanya, for running such a wonderful and fun, informative podcast. (laughs) That was so nice. Thank you. Oh, you guys are so sweet. I can't even handle it. Sometimes it just really validates, so I appreciate it. Yeah, I was really inspired by that episode, too, I have to say. Um, I took a long break from my sourdough journey. I just needed like a month off, you know, and uh, part of me wants to dig back into it. And then when I make a big loaf, maybe make a little tiny loaf and give it to the little fey creatures outside. I think it would be nice because uh, I do like how she said you can leave things for them without like forming a relationship or expecting anything, which is a little bit more my my jive. So I'm really happy everyone liked that episode. I uh, also really enjoyed it. 
All right. So we have a question from one of our listeners, Nick. Nick says, where are my herbal witches at? I'm starting to work with winter savory and I found the health benefits for it, but I haven't been able to locate any magical properties of it yet. Anyone have resources? It has similar properties health-wise to dandelions, and I will eventually use it in my dandelion joint solve, but it is part of the mint family. Sources I have checked. Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, Herb and Spice Cookbook by Craig Claiborne, Culpepper. Um, Okay, so basically, let's see what people say, and then I'll, I'll tell you how I think we can handle this. Lilith says, it looks like it was brought up from Egypt into Rome. They seem to use it in love spells. I didn't look hard, but the other magical references came from Google sources with no real cross-reference. I didn't take the time to look for a trend. Maybe reference Egyptian love spells and backtrack it? Cool post. Never heard of it. April says, in my resource, it says the herb has been associated with satyrs since ancient Roman times. It may be used to invoke the spirit of Pan and his playful, fun energy persona. Used in preparing a meal, it will help people feel lighthearted and promote laughter and joy. It was long believed that summer savory would increase one's overall sex drive. How to bring it into balance? Use winter savory. Associations... Horned God Pan, Mercury, Virility, and the Great Rites. And this is from the Commendum of Herbal Magic by Paul Beyer. Um, Okay, I love this. This is such a wonderful opportunity to talk about something I'm pretty familiar with, cooking magic. Even though that's not what we're discussing, I believe it has the same logic of like how we can uh, approach herbs that maybe we're unfamiliar with and maybe isn't really talked about in the witch world. So when I do my cooking magic class, which I only ever do like once in a while and I do it for WitchCon, which I am doing WitchCon again uh, next year. So I, I'll probably be, I only do, I do the same class over and over again. Um, but something I talk about is how food gains its correspondences. And I think we can apply this to herbs as well. So when I talk about food, I come at it from a few different angles. First, lore, right? Lore is a a big part of our reactions to food. Lore, tradition, family, and health. And I think if we look at these four things, we can kind of uncover the magical correspondences. So as everyone knows, I love chocolate. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. And it is my dream of, it is a dream of mine to concoct the most perfect hot chocolate recipe in the world. But, um, I've talked about hot chocolate on this show and it's not always easy to find magical correspondences of chocolate. So I created my own just based off my own feelings around chocolate. So we have to remember when it comes to magical correspondences, it's steeped in a few things lore history um legend family tradition um healing and all that so if we look at those we can kind of um we can kind of figure out what its magical correspondences are okay um so first we have uh lilith who says it looks like it could have been involved in egyptian love spells okay so i'm gonna write that down 
And again, this isn't perfect. Like I'm not doing any hardcore research here. I'm literally just going off the information we need because as a witch, you don't always have time to do like intense, insane uh, research. Sometimes you need to have these little tools that help you shortcut it a little bit. So Egyptian love spells says Lilith. And then April says... Okay, so Lilith is talking, or April is talking about summer savory being used as something with satyrs. So satyrs is typically going to give you that very um, masculine sex drive. So they say that, so what would the opposite of that be? Maybe feminine sex drive? Because it seems to have something to do with sex drive as we're seeing it in Egyptian love spells. So if April's resource, a, com, compen, a, a compendium of herbal magic, is saying the opposite to satyr and a sex drive is winter savory, that might cool it down and give us more of a feminine sex drive let's see more about winter or summer savory so the herb has been associated with satyrs since the ancient roman times invoked the spirit of pam this playful fun loving persona so what would the opposite of pan be so pan again is very um Naturey, uh, so the opposite of nature, I, which would make sense, would be winter, right? If Pan is all about nature and playfulness and kind of midsummer, um, winter savory is going to be more about uh, maybe pulling back. Um, what and what do we do in winter? We tend to uh, contemplate and we tend to focus on things that have happened in our lives. What's the word for that? It starts with an R, but you get it. Let's see. It's long believed that summer savory would increase one's overall sex drive. And then how to bring it into balance, use winter savory. So it seems to cool down the sex drive, right? So cool down sex drive. Okay. And I think this makes a lot of sense because when we look at the Romans, which according to Lilith, Lilith says from her research, it was brought from Egypt into Rome. Um, the Romans had a lot of different words for love, right? There was super, super sexual, sexual appetite love. And then there was love that was based less than sex and more in uh, stillness and quietness. So it would make sense that you could find this in love spells, but at the same time, it cools down sex drive. So I would say if we had to say love spells, cooling down the sex drive, contemplation and... Um, again, that winterness, that stillness, the um, time of reverence and pulling back. I would say we could use this herb in love spells that are focused on familiarity, long-term companionship, and non-sexual romance not that it's not sexual but if it cools down sex drive it could be um 
one of the loves that focuses more on companionship and meet in deep, deep love that isn't based in sex. So um, I guess that's what I would come up with, right? If I were to uh, come up with magical correspondences based off the information we have, that's what I would say. This is a great uh, herb to use in love spells that need to focus on deepening uh, companionship and familiarity uh, and less focused on the sex. What do we think? Do we think that's kind of like a good way to go about that sort of thing? Um, Because when we look at cooking magic, we look at it from, okay, what are our feelings around this food? What did family add to this food? What is the lore, the legend, the, uh, the medicinal properties? And when you take all of that into account, you really uh, get a really beautiful understanding. Oh, and then I, um, someone else mentioned, was it Nix? Yeah, Nix mentioned it was part of the mint family. That makes sense, right? Cooling things off, cooling things down. So again, great in a spell where maybe you're in a situation where um, things are really hot and fiery and you just want to calm it down, cool it down, slow things down so we can focus more on the um, f- uh, f- uh, familiar companion, uh, that kind of more soulmate love versus sexual love. And this could also be a great herb for people who are maybe asexual to use in their spell work. So just an idea. Um, but all right. Thank you so much, uh, Nix for bringing that up. That was a really fun little exercise and I hope that it's something you can take and use in your practice, uh, later on. All right, witches, we are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Alina Miltzer. Alina, you powerful, fancy banshee. Laura Wilson, Lauren, you thoughtful, noble spinster. Emmy Jean, you dapper, powerful muskox. And Casey O, you earthy, graceful gnome. Thank you so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And before we leave, we do have a card pull. Our card today is the Eight of Pentacles from the Buffy Tarot. Even when she's at the top of her sleigh game, Buffy still trains. Her calling is one of mastery, of precision, and always seeing what what more she can perfect. The Eight of Pentacles invites you to assess your own skills. Where would you like to spend more time? What could you level up? Take this card as an assurance that whatever time, energy, focus you devote yourself to will be worth the investment. All right, witches. That's all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books decks, headlines, sources, anything we've referenced today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.